This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Monday, October 11th, and today we're going to be looking at some ADP battles, or you might say tough draft dilemmas in fantasy leagues, some of the difficult choices many of us will be making in our upcoming drafts, and which way we are leaning when it comes to said difficult choices. As we welcome in everyone listening on the podcast and watching live on YouTube, I'm joined by Dr. A, Steve Alexander, and two special guests, Dan Bespris and Adam King from HoopBall.com. First of all, Adam, you are with us live from Australia, where I believe it is Tuesday morning, 7 a.m., if I'm correct. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how awake are you right now? Uh, I'm pretty awake. My wife made sure I got up early this morning. I had to get up for a show yesterday, and I think I rolled out of bed about 15 minutes before the show. So I have actually been up for about 40 minutes. <laughs> okay, good. Good. That's a good solid. That, that You got the plane off the runway, it seems. Dan, we saw you just last week on our draft show. I can't tell you how happy I am to see your draft board background again. It brings me <laughs> so, so, so much joy. Yeah. What if I told you that I never took it down and my wife hasn't seen me since that show last week? I just hide in a little draft board box in the corner of my bedroom. Thanks for having me on that, by the way. That was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was fun. I, I now have an image of you just kind of slumping down at the end of the day to go to sleep, like right there, just next to your mic uh, in front of the draft board. Yeah. Steve, I've made you do this podcast during what now the eighth inning of a Braves playoff game. I want to apologize to you and me for doing that. Well, Dansby just made an incredible double play, so I think we're okay. All right. Hurry, ask me questions while we're at a commercial break. No, I'm just kidding. The Braves are winning 3 nothing. Steve has clearly just jinxed it. Let's jump into this. We have approximately six ADP battles to hit, so it's basically going to be 12 players in total. Should be pretty straightforward. Basically, two players who are going more or less next to each other in drafts based on Yahoo ADP. I'll quickly present the case for each of them, and then we'll all weigh in. So let's start in the first round with Kevin Durant, whose ADP is 6.0, versus Damian Lillard, whose is 6.9 on Yahoo. KD on a per game basis was a couple of spots better than Lillard last year on Basketball Monsters leaderboard. It was eighth for Durant, 10th for Lillard. But as we know, guys, he played in only 35 out of 72 games. So with Durant, you get more rebounds, more blocks, better field goal percentage. With Lillard, you get better threes, better assists, and the all-important durability. So starting with you, Adam, which way are you leaning on this one? Do you have a lean on this one? Yeah, I have a lean. Um, for me, it's probably also based a little bit on what the format of the league is. If it's a head-to-head league, I'm probably going with Lillard. Uh, if it's Roto, yeah. probably Durant. A couple of reasons. Uh, we know um, KD could miss some games, um, potentially. I mean, so could Lillard. We don't know. But in a Roto, it doesn't matter as much. Uh, so so I'd be a little happy with Durant. And I think Durant gives you a little bit more across the board as well. Um, I love punting in head-to-head. I think Lillard is easier to punt around than, than KD. So, yeah, it, it would depend a little bit for me. And I think, you, I mean, both are fine. Um, but, yeah, for me, it'll be Lillard in a head-to-head 
Durant in Roto? Yeah, I usually go for the durability in these situations. I, the younger player, you know, I know Lillard's 30, but I, I think I trust Damian Lillard a little more to play every night than I do KD. But I th- this is a coin flip. It's a good problem to have. I mean, if you're at your draft trying to decide whether you're going to take Kevin Durant or Damian Lillard, I think it's a it's a good spot to be in. I'm I'm leaning Lillard at this point, but you know, if I got Lillard in one draft and had another one the next day, I, I may, might take Durant, mix it up. But I don't I don't know that you you're going to lose either way. Yeah, I'm on Team Dame also in this one, and I'm probably the hardest lean just based on what I'm hearing. I I feel like you just need to train your brain to not look at Kevin Durant when you take Dame here. Just don't look because he's going to have some insane games and it's going to piss you off when you didn't have him. But just at the end of the year, look back and see Dame with five or six extra ball games under his belt, and that's going to be your saving grace. Those little things, they add up. So uh, I'm Dame pretty much format independent on this one five or six or possibly like 30 extra <laughs> ball games Dan. and i i will say yeah i mean when we were talking beforehand we were kind of hoping we wouldn't all agree on these it looks like on this first one though we actually do all agree because i don't think i i'm starting to think i'm not going to take kevin durant anywhere we're in the middle of this 30 deep 30 team draft i had the number nine pick uh durant was sitting there lillard was gone Beal was gone. I took Jason Tatum, who on a per game basis was not as good as Durant, but I'm just banking on the durability. I, I just, it's too scary for me to start my team with a guy who I truly don't know how many games he or his team care about him playing this year during the regular season. So I sat there last night and watched the 30 deep draft room for about three hours as nothing happened. And then I looked at it again this morning for a couple hours as nothing happened. And then I fell asleep for like 40 minutes and bam, I auto pick uh, Zion. No, that was a Zion auto pick. I had my cue set up, but I wasn't really worried about it because I, I knew I was going to be in front of my computer for the next seven hours. And that apparently wasn't enough. Oh, the 30, the 30 deep draft can be a little frustrating. It's a minefield because it's an around-the-clock draft, and yeah, it's we all go about our lives, and you like get an email alert, but you know you're not always you don't always see that email, and well, and I didn't realize the clock was starting. Yeah, there's been a kind soul the last couple of years who has my phone number. I must have left it like a couple of years ago. Who texts me when it's my pick? That's really kind of this. I actually don't even remember who it is, but I keep I always get <laughs> text alerts. It's me. <laughs> so you're. It's not you, man. It is me. I got your contact. I draft. I, I text everybody. If I have their phone number, I try to keep that thing moving. There's someone else, Steve. Someone no. else with an Android phone texts me and tells me, and I'm very appreciative. No. Uh, all right. Position battle number two is a couple of guys going on average in the second round. This is LeBron James at 19.3 versus Demontis Sabonis at 19.9. On a per game basis last year, Sabonis had the clear edge in rebounds. LeBron was better in points and threes. And it's funny when you look at these guys per game. Uh, averages per game averages that's redundant assist steals blocks turnovers and free throw percentage were all pretty close to a wash so the the other big factor here is obviously the age difference that would be 11 years Sabonis is 25 LeBron is 36 going on 37 
Dan, in various drafts that I have done with you, your name in the draft is often Old Man Bespris. With that in mind, are you erring on the side of age here when it comes to LeBron and Sabonis? My name is off for this one. I, I got to go Sabonis. Although points leagues, you could make a pretty good argument for LeBron. Okay. And I know I do a terrible job of addressing points leagues, and I've been told I need to talk about them, and I continue to not do it. Uh, but I got to go Sabonis. There's, there's just too much in LA right now. Sabonis, you saw what he can do last year. I think a lot of folks expect him to take us another step forward. I don't, but I think that still puts him ahead of LeBron in this particular okay. ADP. I'm ready for our next battle, by the way. I think I'm going to disagree with at least one person in the group. Okay, we're still doing this one, so don't don't jump ahead. I know. I just I just I have this feeling we're going to agree again, and I want to see a fight. Adam, are we going to agree on this one? Uh, on this one, I'm not, if if neither was an option, I'd take that. Um, okay. I don't okay. really want either of them at this point but for me it's probably Sabonis as well I don't think I've ever had LeBron um, on a team and Sabonis as I said I think it's too high for both of them but you need to get a center early so that sort of gives Sabonis an edge for me Um, I think if you can get that eligibility early on in the drafts you don't need to worry about it Um, and and just again durability early in a draft uh, I I think he'll play a little bit more than LeBron so I guess Dan and I do agree on this one yeah, me too. Center, you know, position scarcity is a real thing, especially if your league requires two centers. Uh, that makes Sabonis the, the no-brainer here. I also think Sabonis is just a, a really fun, from, in my eyes, he's fun to, to have on your team and fun to, to manage. So um, for me, it's not really close, especially when you're looking at as you said, LeBron's birthday's yeah. in de- December, right? So we're creeping up on on thirty seven. I will say the one the one thing that concerns me just a tiniest bit in agreeing with you guys, which I do, is that I think it was a couple years ago, if I recall, it, we were starting to write off LeBron in fantasy drafts. I think that was was that coming off that first disastrous year with the Lakers, where he had the groin injury, and it was like, oh man, he's old. Like it's the end is nigh, and then he just was awesome and and destroyed. I don't. Uh, did he destroy his ADP? I don't know. He was very good though. That 2019-20 season, if I'm remembering correctly, he played in all 82 games, right? Well, yeah. 70, 70, whatever it was, right? It was all. Yeah. yeah. One season within the last couple of years, he didn't miss. A, I don't think he missed a game. So the point is, he was really good, and I'm just a little scared that you know it's still LeBron James. But I'm with you guys, and I think I'm gonna miss out. Although he went, he went 27th in our live draft in our draft show last week to Josh Lloyd. So if you don't have to take him at 20, you know, he can get him in the late 20s. It becomes a little more appealing, yep. I think. Agreed. All right. Next. Next, we have an ADP, ADP battle slash dilemma where the two players in question as of Monday are exactly tied. The ADP on Yahoo is 26.0 for Lamella Ball and for Donovan Mitchell. Just quickly setting this up before we get to what has been advertised as a disagreement. Uh, neither guy is likely to do much for you in percentages. I think they were actually pretty similar in that department, especially when it comes to field goal percentage. We assume Mitchell has the edge in scoring. He was at 26.4 points per game last year and three-pointers, while LaMelo gets the edge in rebounds, assists, steals, and the upside slash intrigue factor. Steve, I already know the answer to this, but which way are you leaning here? Well, I thought you were going to yell at me because my fridge uh, fan just kicked on and I did not unplug I did not unplug my fridge. Unplug your fridge now, Steve. Please. Thank you. <laughs> um, you you guys know my answer on this. I'm I'm little camp Lamelo ball all day. 
Um, I, I do. I like Donovan Mitchell. If, if LaMelo and Mike, Michael Porter Jr. are gone, I'm going to look at Donovan Mitchell and Zach Levine. I just think LaMelo is, is going to set the league on fire this year. And maybe it won't happen this year. Maybe I'm a year early, but it sure feels like it's coming. I'm saving, I'm saving my disagreement for the end. I just know, I know I'm waiting, waiting in the wings here. <laughs> you don't know what I'm going to say yet. Don't. I don't. I, I'm hoping. Um, so you, you we're sort of into the beginning of the third round here um, in, in a standard league. So oh, th- this one's a tough one. Uh, probably the closest of the of the all the six matchups that we've got. Um, I'll probably lean. Lamelo in most situations only because of the assists factor. Getting assists early is important, but it would for me depend on who you've drafted in the first couple of rounds because points are also pretty crucial. And I actually think Donovan Mitchell takes a little bit of a jump this year. Um, I think coming off what was a disappointing end to last season, um, they were probably expected to to do a little better after their regular season. So I actually think he'll be playing uh, with a bit of a chip on his shoulder and and wanting to sort of lead the Jazz to the finals this season. So I can see his production going up a little bit this season. But I do like – I think LaMelo is just fun to have on your team uh, and a little bit more of an unknown. So probably a slight lean to him, but I I could see making a case for Donovan Mitchell pretty easily as well. I hate the unknown. It scares me. It's like the outdoors, sunshine and rain. Those things are terrifying. Um, LaMelo is actually unbelievably exciting. I, I can't argue that point. And he's going to be one of those guys that you want to watch every single night. And so having him on your fantasy team is going to be so fun because then you can flip on a Charlotte game because their crap is always on the HD League Pass channel before anything else. You get all Hornets games on the main channel, which I don't even think you need to pay for League Pass for. I actually think both of these guys are being drafted too early, but I'm on the Donovan Mitchell side. LaMelo, to me, could average 27-7 and seven with two threes and 1.7 steals, and he still is going to have a hard time cracking the top 50 per game because I'm really worried he's going to shoot 44% from the field and 74% at the free throw line. And as a Roto guy, that's just this, this weight hanging on your team all season long. And every time he plays a game, I'm going to think, man, I wish that dude was on my fantasy team. But as much as he does in those, let's see, one, two, three, four, five categories, there are going to be probably three in nine cat that are pulling him back the other way. And you get this weird sort of equilibrium with a guy like that, where it's really hard to jump into the top 40 until they get the percentages together. If he fixes those, I'll wear this one because that's the thing. That's the unknown that's the is it rainy, is it sunny thing. Because uh, then he could be unbelievable. And he's a first rounder if he fixes those. <laughs> Steve, you look like you have something to say. I was just going to say, who knew rain and sunshine were so scary? <laughs> Terrifying, dude. Dan, you have to remember, Dan's been just in front of that draft board for months. At least, like, we don't know how long years. he's been sitting there, Steve. Two years. Like, he's, he has not moved yeah. out of that chair. Yeah. Lucky you don't live here. <laughs> My back hurts. Weather here is wild. I almost choked thinking about the weather outside. Sorry. I'm leaning toward LaMelo. Uh, look, look. I mean, I understand what you guys are saying. I, I do understand about the percentage concerns that you voiced there, Dan. And I think there's a chance that LaMelo's shooting, which was a very pleasant surprise last year, even as just, you know, 
okay as it was. It wasn't it wasn't good. It wasn't horrible. But I think that could slip a little bit in theory. Uh, his free throws could slip a little bit. I mean, we had questions about his shooting coming into the league. I'm not I'm not so confident that's just locked and loaded as the baseline for what his career shooting numbers will be. But with that said, I mean, this was the fourth guy in league history to average 15 points, five rebounds, six assists, and a steal and a half or more at the age of 20 or younger. And he's the youngest guy to ever do that. And I mean, those aren't real random numbers. I know we can kind of pull numbers out of the sky and plug them into basketball reference and make neat things happen. But I mean, those are fairly round numbers that matter for fantasy. And I was saying during the draft draft show, it wouldn't shock me if LaMelo is that guy who we are all drafting in like the top 12 next year based on what he does this year. So I am in on LaMelo. I like Mitchell. I don't love Mitchell. I I love the unknown, Dan. I'm going to go. I, I let, let me out in the rainstorm. I'm, I'm taking LaMelo. I always think of that scene. I think it was a family guy, really early family guy where they're like, you could take this boat or you could take what's in the box. And he says, it could be a boat. I, I always take the boat. <laughs> okay. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Three down. We have three more to go here. Uh, This next one takes us into round four of a 12-team league where, in theory, you could be making the decision between a boat... Or okay, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, between Kristaps Porzingis at 46.4 or Anthony Edwards with an ADP of 49.2, and this one stood out to me because, well, I was just a little surprised. I mean, the case for Porzingis is he was a top 25 guy on a per game basis, around 20 points, nine rebounds, 1.4 blocks, 2.33s, good percentages, low turnovers, everything you want from a fantasy player. But he missed 29 games. As for Edwards. His final 40 games featured 23.5 points, 5.4 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 1.5 steals, 0.6 blocks, 2.83s. He is 20 years old. I think I know where Steve is on this one, so we're gonna we're gonna hold off on going to Steve. Adam, where are you on the Porzingis Ant Man debate? I'm gonna go Edwards. I think on this one, I think we're at, at the point in the draft now where it is a little bit about fun. And walking out into that rainstorm, so I'm going to go with uh, with Edwards. Um, I know Porzingis is a, a second round guy, probably on a per game basis, uh, but Edwards is going to score. Um, he, he's he's going to be out doing basically what he wants to do. He's got the green light, so I just think for upside, 
um, or unknown upside again. Down, it scares Dan, but I'm I'm okay to go with that here. And hopefully, you've drafted safe enough in your first few rounds that you can now start taking a bit of a risk um, and, and getting getting Edwards there. What it I know where Dan's going, but where are you going, Dan? Yeah, well, so this one is fully uh, settings dependent for me. I, I don't like to. Uh, to, to take that path in general. I want to try to like plant my flag in something here. Um, but Porzingis in, in a games cap roto, I've got to go that direction. Cause if I can get 62 games out of him at a top 20 clip and just kind of fill in the other 20 with uh, his uh, backup, his backup, whoever that to me ends up as a higher kind of aggregate 82 games than 82 of, or whatever it is, Anthony Edwards, you know, 70 something plus a handful here and there. Um, head to head, you can't replace the zeros when they pop up. So head to head, I got to go Edwards. He's, you know, he showed himself to be extraordinarily durable his rookie season, which is actually, I think, a pretty good sign because that's a workload for these guys that they're not quite familiar with. I, like his role on that team is secure. I think he, he, you saw him taking steps forward at the end of the year. He is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm always going to advocate durability at head to head if you can find it. But uh, Roto, I'll take the swing. I mean, if you get 70 games out of Porzingis. He probably wins this battle. I don't think he will, but you might as well take that chance with the games cap in play. One thing that's very interesting about having all of us on here together is I think we all have different different ways we play fantasy basketball. And like Dan, you obviously play a lot of roto, and I I haven't played in a roto basketball league in ten years. And I like Malcolmus and I always have said, you know, roto is for baseball, and head to head was built for basketball. Football is all sort of the, the same format. You don't have all these options that like basketball is kind of a mess, right? Like there's so many, there's eight cat, there's nine cat, there's points, there's roto, there's a, a daily averages. There's all this weekly averages, weird stuff. Um, so I, I, I'd also at some point be interested in knowing like what the percentage of league, how they're broken down, like how many are head to head nine cat, how many are head to head eight, how many yeah. are roto. It would be cool to get those numbers uh, from Yahoo one day, but I have no idea what those are or how to get them. Anyway, I'm taking Anthony Edwards all day here. I, I think Straub and I, when we did the, the original NBC draft show in Stamford, Connecticut, in the Sunday Night Football studio, I think I took Porzingis in like the fourth or fifth round. And I remember a podcast we did shortly thereafter. I think both of us said, I'm never drafting that guy again. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm not messing with Porzingis and those yeah. injuries. Now, if I was in a league where games played didn't matter as much, and I'm just kind of trying to get 50 or 60 games out of him, that's, that's different. Uh, I could, I could live with that. But if I'm in a head to head league where I need him out there every week, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I will say this, if it's Porzingis at 46.4 or Edwards at 49, I'm taking Edwards. Like if I'm choosing between those two guys, I'm taking Edwards. With that said, I think another reason I brought this up was, I think I, I, I for, Steve, I've forgotten that declaration that I'm never drafting Porzingis again. I'm starting to talk myself into it being a good idea. If Anthony Edwards is gone and I'm there in the fourth round, think about that. That's, that's a potentially fantastic return on, you know, on your investment. Porzingis at like 48 or something like that. That's a top 25 guy when he plays. And what if he only misses like 15 games? I can tell you everything you need to, uh, to know about Porzingis. I called in two favors 
uh, took my kid and my friends to go see Luca and Porzingis play the Hawks. Both of them sat out. Luca was just getting a day off. KP was getting lots of days off. And my son, even this was like two year, two and a half years ago, and I thought he had forgotten about it. And he was talking, he was talking to his friend on the phone the other day. He's like, Yeah, one time my dad took us down <laughs> to see Luca and KP, and neither of them played. And we like didn't even care about the game at that point. <laughs> like, like it's it impacted his life. And for that, <laughs> KP. But it doesn't seem like Luca's getting in trouble for that incident. He's not, he gets a pass. He gets a pass. <laughs> Yeah, very interesting point that you bring up there, Dan. It's like Luca. He doesn't miss forty games a year. Yeah, he's right. He yeah. doesn't. Lucas sat. Porzingis sat. I've never forgiven Porzingis. Understood. Okay, I see how it is, Steve. I see how it is. Absolutely. All right. Oh, good catch. Second. You know what? I do want. To, I do want to quickly respond to what Steve said about league formats. Like Adam, are you like mostly a head-to-head guy, or do you do a lot of roto as well, or do you do points leagues? And, and do you guys have any sense of like? you know, what, you know, your listeners and, and followers play for the most part? Uh, no, look, there was a bit of a chat about this in our Discord channel last night about about why head-to-head is so popular. Um, there were people sort of making cases for Roto being fairer and, and, and more balanced, whereas head-to-head is a lot more luck, um, especially as you get towards sure. that tail end of the season. Uh, I play head-to-head, and that's really just because that's that's what I was introduced how I was introduced into mm-hmm. fantasy basketball was head-to-head. Um, I do quite a few best ball leagues as well, and that's really just because I want to start drafting as soon as I can, um, and they don't require any maintenance. I know, I mean, we maybe we would have some data somewhere, but I do know because I'd sit around watching podcasts all day and videos, uh, I know Josh Lloyd did, some, did a Twitter sort of survey type thing on – preferred uh, formats and by far it was nine cat head-to-head. It was almost 80%, I think, from memory wow. um, was head-to-head and nine cat. So that's he, he was just sort of making a case for why he focuses all his numbers and, and stuff when he talks on nine cat head-to-head because people were asking and, and he said that was because of the, the feedback that he got and that was from a few thousand people. So it was a, a decent enough sample size. Um, I know Dan is is all about Roto. Yeah, although I don't think that the changes are that significant between the two. Early in drafts, I tend to do roughly the same thing. The difference really for me is you get late into a Roto draft, you can really take some swings on guys that might be hurt. You can stash a little bit. There are those little Mm -hmm. things you can do, whereas in a head-to-head, you know, a guy like a Jordan Clarkson was really valuable last year in head-to-head leagues, and he was kind of fringy in Roto because he was like top 100 for a long stretch. And that's okay in a games cap format. But the fact that he played almost every game in a head to head league, you have a guy like that. You can rely on every night. His total value. I think at the end of the year was like around top 50. So there are those things, but I feel like they're more towards the middle and and later parts of the draft. And it's pretty easy to distinguish between the two, like KP and and Anthony Edwards, really. I, I thought that was a pretty good cut point where, Again, if you only need 65 games out of a guy, there's a case to be made for Persingas in a in a sort of late early early middle round scenario where you know, if you need a guy that's going to be healthy, that's a very obvious decision and it really portends well for head to head. And I do I do agree that a lot of times head to head seems like it's luck. Everybody gets hurt, everybody gets shut down at the end of the year and you know, you've got your biggest match of the season and maybe you know, two of your studs are not are not going. And it's 
for for whatever reason, it's just the way it is. I think, you know, there's there's other leagues. Like if you really want it to be just fair and whoever had the best season win, then you just add up, you just add up points and and don't even don't even play head to head. But um, yeah, I, I feel like it's about eighty percent too, and I think that's because back in the day when when Yahoo before that that new points system came out, everything was set up automatically as as nine cat head to head. And I just feel like that's that's what everybody played in hoops. There are there are ways around that to some degree and, and I think more and more leagues are doing it in in ending their season early. Um, so I know all of our leagues this season are ending about three weeks before the end of the actual NBA season. That works, but it does mean you miss out on three weeks of fantasy basketball. So that's a downside. And I'm actually in a league, a head-to-head league, where we don't have playoffs. So you just play your matchups, and whoever finishes first wins. Uh, and then I'm also in another league where the winner of the regular season gets rewarded, and you then have your playoffs, and the winner of that gets rewarded as well. So there are there are little ways around it, but um, yeah, yeah, I think it's it's unavoidable with with rest and man- load management and all that sort of thing nowadays, it's, it's bound to happen. Yeah. When I first started playing fantasy basketball in the 1990s, uh, and yes, the first t- the first league I played in, I, I was drafting guys like Stefan Marbury and Christian Leitner and Rick Smith. <laughs> and like, just the list goes on. Classic, great times, Glenn Robinson, Glenn Rice, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, it was all Roto. I, I played Roto only for probably like 12 years or longer. And then uh, I, I started playing head-to-head, and I started only playing head-to-head. And then last year, I got pulled into a Roto League for the first time in like a decade, and it was real strange. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> How did you feel when it was over? Did you feel dirty or clean? I felt I felt very, very, very dirty. I felt very bad. <laughs> I was like, this is... I am not good at this. Like, it's, a, it's actually a different game, you know? I mean, you... Because in a head-to-head league, you can be like, all right, go into the season, like... I've got some, it's, it's, you, you need to be much less worried about, you know, your category. It, you just have to have enough like guys on your team in a head to head league at the start of the season, right? Especially if it's a league that trades, like you can always fix, all right, well, I'm horrible in turnovers. Let me, let me adjust, let me correct these categories. You know, in a roto league, I feel like it's so much harder to fix on the fly. Like you can get buried and feel buried right away. And whoever gets out to an early lead, like just kind of has the upper hand right away. You know what I mean? I feel like it's it's hard to come back in a roto league. Does that make sense? It it appears that way. I've had I've played with people who like to get out and to like they play extra guys at the beginning to make it appear as though they're just storming the league. And I I texted him. One of them was one of my friends once, and he was like, "I want everybody else to feel like they've lost already." And I was like, "But, but right. I can look at the screen, and you've played three hundred games, and everybody else has played two hundred and forty, so you're not really ahead." He's like, "Yeah, but they don't know that." Oh yeah, that's actually the mental edge. That's actually kind of smart. So I'm hanging out behind and everybody right. else is. There are ways I think around that as well. You you adjust payouts, second, third place. I have leagues where fourth place gets their buy-in back, and it kind of keeps people locked in longer, even if you feel like you are buried a little bit. Uh, and then yeah, you can like you have a whole season. If you're a few weeks left, you are buried at that point. I, but I don't want to. I don't want to take too much time like making my case for Roto. I'm in both types. I just happen to think Roto, for me, I put a lot of time into it. So when I get to that last week, I don't want like what happened last year. I had a team with with Trey Young and Zach Levine on it in a head-to-head league, and they both ended up out in my second week of the playoffs. I had no shot. I used all of my moves to replace injured guys. 
and I still got buried. And that stunk because if those guys missed one or two weeks at the end of a Roto League, I might fall from like second to third, but it wouldn't just end things. And that leaves such a sour taste in my mouth in a way that Roto Leagues just don't. But anyway, I know I, I yeah. sidetracked you here a little bit. No, that's all right. We're going to spend the next uh, let's I've ripped up the format. We're going to spend the next hour and a half talking about uh, Roto League. So <laughs> well, I'm, I'm here, you I'm came here to the right it. place. Uh, no, <laughs> we have we have two more position battles. We did. We went on a little side road there, but but I enjoyed it. Um, So second to last position battle slash draft dilemma. We head into the 70s where it's Cade Cunningham with a Yahoo ADP of 72.1 as of Monday and Derek White with an ADP of 73.4. Now, worth mentioning that Cade is out with an ankle sprain currently and White over his final 24 games last year put up the following numbers around 17 points, three and a half boards, three and a half assists, one block per game, 2.63s. You got to love the blocks from the point guard spot and that's just a potential for defensive stats there. Also, a little scary to pass on the tantalizing upside of the number one overall pick. And Dan, I know you don't know who any NBA rookies are. I'm still asking you this one. What are your thoughts on this dilemma? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually really high on Derek White this year. So you made this one a little easier by putting Cade against someone that I like. Um, I, I think Derek had a yeah. down season for a lot of injury-related reasons that impacted uh, his field goal percent in a way that probably won't stick longer term. Uh, we know he can score. He's added the three-pointer. He has great blocks for a guard. And to me, he's a guy with top 50 per game potential right from day one in a way that Cade, like we know that his game is electrifying and I love to make the joke of who's that, but it does take rookies a little time to get used to the NBA. So even if he finishes really strong, I feel like it's it's probably too much to overcome whatever weirdness and adjustments and figuring out the speed of the game that that may happen here at the at the front end so i'll take Derek white for the kind of the full season body of work uh in this head-to-head battle not that anybody didn't know what i was going to do there but i wanted to give a reason for it at least uh, i'm on board with that uh this one's probably the easiest for me um i do know who Cade cunningham is unlike dan but i'm i will i will go Derek white i'm pretty high on him as well i was high last year and 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 I was burned. I had him in, I would say, almost every team last season. So it did hurt me. But uh, yeah, look, I just I think he has top fifty upside um, this season. He hasn't looked tremendous in the preseason, but it's preseason. So, um, but look, I mean, again, at this point of the draft, if if you're just purely looking for for upside and excitement, then I I could see why you would go with Cunningham. But for me, it's it's white fairly comfortably matt uh two updates the braves have have won thank goodness yes. uh deandre ayton great news deandre ayton was just selected with pick 36 by jamie eisenberg in 30 deep uh i was kind of hoping he was going to still be there when i picked so that i could so we could complete the 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 circle i guess that we've been talking about deandre ayton and his fantasy value for a long time and uh, I was all ready to, to do it there, but it's not going to happen. As far as this matchup goes, I, I'm with you guys. I think Derek White is the smart pick. It's the safe pick. If you want to swing for the fences and, and you know, somebody like me, I could see me taking Cade Cunningham in this situation. The book, the book says take Derek White. So that's what I'm leaning, but I'm not saying that I wouldn't take Cade Cunningham here. I think, I think White is safe. Cunningham is a swing for the fences and hope he's as good as he's supposed to be. Yeah, I think I'm 
I think I'm probably, I, I totally get the logic. I do think you guys are right that Derek White's probably the right pick, but I think nine times out of 10, I'm going to take Cade Cunningham there. And it's just, I, I'm too intrigued by upside and the unknown, which we keep talking about. And <laughs> no, I was just saying, well, I don't know what's, I still don't know what's on the other side of this thing and I don't want anything to do with it. Oh yeah. You heard some rustling on the other side. Yeah. No, I, I think I'm just going to take Cade Cunningham. I mean, man, he's, he's the, the thing we have to remember is he's, he showed to be a pretty neat, uh, pretty neat basketball player when he was in college <laughs> and he, he can kind of do everything like this, you know, I'm, I'm not quite as excited about Jalen Green, though I do like him, but because I just feel like his fantasy game is going to be kind of mostly like points, threes, and steals, which isn't bad. But for where he's going, I think I'm a little less excited about him. I feel like Cunningham's got a chance to be like a points, rebounds, assists, steals, threes guy, like almost from the jump. And uh, I, I'm just a little surprised he's going in the 70s, to be honest with you guys, like all things considered. I can't wait till Cade's teammates are making fun of him if one of them happens to hear this and be like, some dude on NBC was calling you neat. <laughs> he said you're a neat basketball player. He seems neat. I he mean, seems he, neat. Yeah. I, can, I can get on board with yeah, neat. He is. He is neat. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that, Steve. I'm not backing yeah. down from that okay. statement. All right, last up, you've got a couple of point guards, lefty point guards at that in D'Angelo Russell, ADP 75.6 and Kevin Porter Jr. ADP 81.9. If I can't stir up some disagreement here, I I officially give up. D'Angelo last year, 19 points per game, just under six assists around a steal, three three three-pointers, but just 42, 42 games played last year. Meanwhile, Kevin Porter Jr. and his limited opportunity with the Rockets was 16.6 16.6 points, 6.3 dimes, 0.7 steals, 1.93s. Had some truly explosive games. I think there was a 50-point, 10-plus assist game in there somewhere, uh, along with some erratic ones. But the bottom line is, you know, we've got an, a proven guy in D'Angelo Russell, a kind of unknown guy in Kevin Porter Jr. We've just had this small sample of him being electric. So, Steve, what's your lean here? Probably only because I've yet to be able to get him in any leagues. I I am on a KPJ mission. Like okay. I, I am on a mission to have him on at least one of my one of my squads. And I don't know if or when it's gonna happen, but I it means I'm gonna have to reach for him. So I'm gonna have to throw him into that Nikhil Alexander Walker, Tyrese Maxi uh reach two rounds earlier than you should to make sure you get them mode with kpj so i am all about getting kpj on the squad right now as far as the fantasy value i think russell's gonna have a real good year uh minnesota i think kpj's field goal percentage and everything else like this could be a real disaster waiting to happen but he was so electric and and fun at the end of last year he's he's looked good so far in training camp and i'm i'm kind of a Kind of on a KPJ mission. I'm disgusted by both of these options. (laughs) I'm disgusted. D'Angelo Russell, he he convinced me with that one really nice year in Brooklyn where he only missed like six or seven games. I think it was maybe three years ago now. Who knows? The last two years are one very long day. So I don't really know where one begins and ends. Uh, And I I drafted him. I drafted him in 30 deep last year and he made his he not save my angry words but it didn't go it didn't go great for that team. I had him on uh, two head-to-head rosters in addition to 30 deep last year and just complete disaster missed most of the season 
His return kept getting delayed. Then he was off the bench and ultimately ended up having like maybe 15 games where he was normal D-low. And I know you're never supposed to write a player off, but then I kind of went back and I was like, how many times has this dude actually delivered on what he's supposed to be? And the answer is once. He did it one time where he made it through a healthy season and then I somehow got suckered back into it. So I know that year a sucker was born and it was me. And then with Kevin Porter Jr., yeah, there's the electrifying stuff, but exactly what Steve said, there's this, there's a chance he takes 24 shots a game and makes six of them like every night. And it might be eight free throws and makes five of them every night. And I just, I don't know. I'm probably not ending up with either of those guys almost anywhere this year. I think if I had to, I would go D'Lo just because of the proven thing. And because like, at least we know that he has all of these skills that are going to happen in the 55 games he plays this year. But I'm positively disgusted by this one. And I will, uh, I will back into D'Angelo Russell as my answer. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm not sure I can compete with that. The <laughs> tone of your voice got <laughs> higher and, and more aggressive as you went through your answer there. So, uh, and, and look, on... On 30 deep, I mean, if if your pick's coming up soon, uh, Steve, in 30 deep, I'm sure Kevin Porter will be available. So you could re- reach up really high and take him. Um, I could. I could. I think he is. I think he's up in five. I think, Steve, you're up in five. Ooh, don't fall asleep. I am. That'd be a statement, Steve. Make the statement, Steve. <laughs> Some of my boys are still sitting there. I'm just not I'm not gonna get KPJ anywhere this year. It's destiny. Yeah, look, he he's I like KPJ, but he's going a bit high for me. Um I'm going with D'Angelo here. I think I think he'll have um, injuries. I mean, Dan makes a lot of fair points there in terms of <laughs> his injuries and expectation versus reality, but I I just think that he'll he'll want to have a good year. I mean, there was all that the, the big push to get him and Kat on the same team and, and they're really, really good friends and they want to play together and that hasn't happened yet despite being on the same team for almost two years. So I'm sort of, I guess I'm leaning into to that fact that they want to be on the court together. They want to win some basketball games. Um, losing has got to grind you down. So I don't think they're going to be ultra competitive, but I think they want to be trying to win at least. So... Yeah, I'm going to go D'Angelo on on this one. Um, Kevin Porter was fun last year, but that was also due to the fact that you probably got him off waivers. So you could go, okay, Mm -hmm. well, he shot 30% on 30 shots tonight, but he was a waiver (laughs) guy, so I don't care. If he's a a pig here in the middle rounds and he's doing that, it's probably going to be a bit more frustrating than than fun. Can I yell one more time about D'Lo? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I just please. I want to make sure that I have the numbers to back it up. So his rookie season in LA, he played most of the year, but he wasn't he wasn't really doing a whole lot yet. Starting his second season in the NBA, which was 2016, uh, he missed 19 games, 24 games, one game. That was that's the one that got me. I, it pulled me back in. Uh, and then the following year, I guess, was the shortened season, so he missed 27, and then this last year, 30. So. Yeah, that's yeah, my that's my that's my additional rage on D'Lo. I wanted to give numbers to back up my seemingly incoherent <laughs> ramblings on uh, why I can't deal with D'Lo anymore. Matt, um, I pity the day that that Jared Johnson and Dan yeah, end up on the same <laughs> show with you, and they're like standing on their desks throwing stuff and <laughs> screaming about being disgusted by 
even the thought of the the very thought of the question i find just disgusting and i'm not gonna oh, sit yeah it's just it's 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 pretty awesome I've got Jared tweeting at me about John Morant's preseason box scores. Already. <laughs> yeah, like Jared I, and yeah. I made a bet on John Morant's numbers. Yeah, we, we yelled at each other about Ja last year. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just say about Kevin Porter Jr. You know how lots of times in fantasy, if you do just look at the rankings, whether it's on Yahoo, you know, the per game rankings on Yahoo or Basketball Monster or wherever you look once the the season gets going, there, there are always guys who are like outside the top 150 and you can't quite figure out why because they've got these awesome counting stats. I feel like KPJ is the the front runner in my mind to have some tremendous counting stats, like a guy who's averaging like, you know, 19 points, seven assists, a couple threes. You're like, why is this guy like 165th on the nine category leaderboard? It's because, you know, because he's shooting 41%, 73 from the line with like three and a half turnovers, you know, and like doesn't get steals. So that's my concern with him. With that said, man, yeah, I think well, I guess we're not allowed to say neither guy, right? That's kind of what Dan said. <laughs> I wanted but, to. I did everything but say it. I want I want Kevin Porter Jr. to be as fun in fantasy as I think he's going to be in real life. I'm a little worried that the the fantasy experience is going to be more frustrating than the real life experience. So I'm not going to draft him. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with Dan. I'm in Dan's corner here. I'm not drafting either guy. I refuse. I've made a pick on the other five. I'm not. I'm not drafting KPJ and you guys can't make me, but I probably will in a couple of leagues. Are you disgusted by your own question? <laughs> <laughs> when we got I, I, a little bit, now that, we, now that we're here, I, I like both players. Like both are exciting players, but fantasy wise, like I'm a little scared. Anyone have any parting thoughts on this one? Can we have like an award name for the guy who is the most exciting to watch, but just absolutely unrosterable in fantasy? Last year it was... It was the guy in front of him in John Wall in Houston who was, what, 20 points, seven assists, and was outside the top 160? Yeah, and sorry, Jared, but John Morant was kind of like that too. Ah, yeah, good point. I mean... I don't want to name it after Ja because he could still get better. Yeah. John Wall feels like this is the... And Wall had some, like, really good fantasy seasons in there. Like, he yeah. did have some, like, like early round fantasy seasons. We'll, we'll have to think about it. That's a That's a good one. Let's, uh, well, I mean, Shaquille O'Neal was always undraftable because of his free throw shooting. Um, yeah, right, you know, and that he was sort of like one of the original, one of the OGs of being really good at basketball and just being terrible at fantasy, especially yeah. before he was totally dominant. Oh, I wasn't playing fantasy back then, so that was in my youth. <laughs> Only a couple of us here were playing fantasy in the nineties. I don't think I actually don't think it was a thing here in Australia back then. It was really Yeah. I mean, I guess it it probably was to some degree, but it's probably mm. only been the last fifteen years, I would say, here that, that it's taken off. Baseball and football were kind of well, football and basketball both, I feel like, really started to become a thing in like ninety one, ninety two. I think before that there wasn't it wasn't there. But I don't know. What do I know? Yeah, I started in 2000, and it was a it was a points format on CBS Sportsline, which I think was a thing then. Sportsline, you could give your fantasy team a name that had like 80 characters, where before they shortened it to 20 something. So everybody in the league had like a whole sentence with their team name, uh, and you could have Shaq because they didn't care about free throw percent. So that was great. Yeah. All right. Well, fellas, that is going to do it for us. I'm not sure exactly what we. Uh... 
I'm not sure how many of these we actually decided. I don't know that we closed the book on on too many of these, but hopefully some of this insight is helpful when you're facing these dilemmas in your upcoming fantasy drafts. And maybe some of you will go play in a roto league now for nostalgia's sake after all of this all of this talk. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We'll be back on Wednesday and Friday this week in the final week before the start of the regular season. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening on the podcast and watching live on YouTube. Also, big thanks to our guests. You can follow these guys at Dan Bespris, at AdamKing91. Adam, Dan, thanks for coming by, guys. This was fun. Thanks, dudes. Thank you. It was fun. Steve, I'll, uh, I don't know, I'll talk to you later or something. Hey, let's go play golf tomorrow. Okay. Good deal. See you guys. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.